We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? Not too bad, Jared. Still don't know what to do with my life, but uh, it's okay. Well, that's good. And um, just shout out right off the bat here, any Villa Park kids um, that listen to this. I don't know if anybody Villa Park does, but um, brother made the varsity team, Justin Timms. Go follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Um, Just look up Justin Timms looks exactly like me just like two inches taller or so um he made the varsity team hopefully we'll be starting pitching not starting pitching but starting a third hopefully you know they got a they got a pretty damn good team there from what i'm hearing so yep just wanted to shout that out shout that out real quick at the start of this so if you go uh go give him a follow go tell him on twitter congratulations all that fun stuff um now on to Baseball talk. Let's, I mean, that was baseball talk. Let's actually get some baseball talk here. And question to start the podcast off with, Nate, what is one renovation you would do to Angel Stadium? Well, I can't ask for a whole new stadium. No, no, no. uh, You you can renovate. You can only do one renovation. You can't ask for a new stadium. Well, I already asked for a new stadium. But if I were to, to do one thing to Angel Stadium... That's tough. I I think that um, I think I would would add a couple more uh, places to eat. I think that there's like always super long lines whenever you have to get up to eat. I know that they're doing the uh, mobile ordering now, which is making the lines not as bad. But you're still waiting like two innings before you eat. So I think that's something I would do is add a couple more places to eat and maybe like like five or six new places to eat and like, you know, two or three of them ballpark food and then two or three, maybe some nicer, like, um, I don't know, maybe come up with like an angels thing because it, it feels like all these other parks have something. And I don't know if the angels have like their, their one thing that's, you mean the you know, giant water theme in center field, the rocks is not a, not an angels thing. I was, 
I was on the food side of things. That's I know fair. they have the nachos, which is is kind of a thing. But like you know, you go to you go to Arizona, you gotta get a churro dog. It's a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. Hundred percent. And you know, you go up to uh, Seattle and you get the Seattle or San Francisco, you get garlic fries. Uh, yeah. San Diego, they did a. Um, they have a lot. They have a lot of food in San Diego. You go from Petco to Angel Stadium, and it's like it's like traveling back in time. Um, as far as my answer goes, I'm kind of along the same lines as you. I would widen the concourse, make it easier to walk around. I don't know if you ever went to an old uh, Chargers game at, at Qualcomm, but that is exactly what it's like. Yeah, it gets brutal. So yeah. that is my big thing. I know a lot of people don't like the rocks in center field. I'm fine with it. You know, that's that's the Angels thing. And I, I'm I'm all I'm all for it. It was big when they redid the scoreboards. That was huge. That was that was real nice. And I'm I don't know. I'm not too upset with how the stadium is. To be honest, like it's it's a normal stadium to me, in my opinion. Like I, I have no issues with it. It's getting old for sure. It's almost getting historic in a sense. Um, but yeah, I, I have no issues with it. So. Guys, as always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, making us the best Angels podcast out there. I really do believe that. Um, if you guys could subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad, you know, it makes us better. If you do leave us a review and, you know, critique us a little bit, let us know how we're doing, except for the ones where you say that Jared is a bad host. You know, you can leave those away because I am not changing. I'm not going anywhere. So get used to that or, I don't know, you know, find a new podcast. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. And you can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. If you want to join us for some talking fans on here, have it. nobody's picked me up on that yet. If anybody wants to jump on the podcast with us, we will make time. We can talk some Angels baseball, ask us any questions you want. And, you know, we can, we can do what you want. We can make it your show in a sense and have a lot of fun talking with you. I know that I did that a lot last year and it was fun. So, Nate, I have a question. Another question for you. Was I too mean there? You know? No, no, absolutely. No? Okay. I, I think I think you've seen that a couple times where you're just like, all right, we get it. So yeah, we get no, it. I, I don't speak English well, that's fine. That's why I don't speak English well and I don't I don't uh, I don't write very well, so that's why I don't write that much anymore except for the top uh, prospect list that I make. So uh, on the Angels topic of stadiums, I'm sure everybody has seen this, but the the sale of the stadium to Artie Moreno fell through. Um, the city of Anaheim owned it and still now does own it. Um, and there was a lot of controversy behind it. It wasn't enough money uh, to Artie Moreno or that Artie Moreno had to pay for the stadium. He bought 350 acres, I think it is what it is, for $350 million, a million dollars an acre, if that's the way you want to look at it. Um, a lot of people thought it was worth a lot more, and, and that's, I believe, why the sale fell through. And I don't know how much we have to talk about this, um, other than Artie Moreno has six, I think it's sixty days or fifty days to rebuy the those three hundred and fifty acres or whatever Anaheim wants to sell to him. If it's just a stadium, so be it. If it's if it's around, um, but Nate, you brought up a good point off the record, and I know a lot of people want to see Artie sell the team. Um, I, I, I personally, I don't you know care anyway whether Artie owns the team or not, it's, it is what it is. And at the end of the day, the owner gets his way. So, I mean, you want to look at New York, uh, with, uh, not the Yankees, but the Mets. And, and that's a, that's not a good show going on there, uh, either with the Mets, but, but yeah, you know, you, you brought up an interesting point off the record, like I was saying a second ago, uh, that Artie won't sell the team 
until he buys the stadium and the acreage around it because honestly that's the money maker you know the angels are kind they are a money maker for sure but it's the it's the property that is the real money maker in anaheim it's a prized property i mean obviously it has a giant baseball stadium on it but there's a lot you can do in that stadium so nate i don't know if you have any thoughts about this i know Artie's probably going to pay quite a bit more for the stadium uh, when it's all said and done now and the property but i don't know if you have any talking points on this either no i think you kind of already already took what i was going to talk about is this is this has been Artie's baby for i don't know it feels like five six seven years now that he's been trying to buy this this land he really wants to turn it into like a a fun place where people can spend you know two three hours around the stadium you know get to the field about an hour early get some food uh, maybe an hour and a half early get some food at a restaurant do some some fun things down there um, go to a game and then go out and, you know go to the bars or whatever it is for for the fans so this is what he's been dreaming about doing for a long time so uh, I know he really wants to get this cell finished and uh, and start working on his billion dollar project so um, this is going to be hopefully a quick deal I the one thing that really worries me is if Anaheim does stronghold and say hey we're not going to give you you know we're not going to let you buy this for you know 350 400 mil whatever it is uh, that he just says okay fine I'm moving and that would just be the worst worst thing that could happen yeah I'm in full agreement you can't move the angels out of Anaheim uh, as much as Artie wants to move the team up to LA obviously with the name change and everything you, you, you just can't do that um Los Angeles doesn't want the team up there. I'll tell you that much. I mean, fans don't want the Angels up there. Um, Angels fans don't want, you know, that up there. It just, you, you can't do that. You know, you gotta, you're in a good spot right here. You can't, you can't move the team. I don't think Anah- Anaheim for sure doesn't want the team to get moved at the end of the day. So I think that's all really on that standpoint we really need to talk about is, um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say. I, I, we know another sale is going to get done. It just depends on what the dollar figure is and, and what it all looks like or, Honestly, it, it might get ugly again, which is kind of interesting. And heck, I, I, I'm not, we don't know legal terms or anything. We don't know the legal side of things when it comes to this. So there is a lot of that going on. And, and I mean, again, I'm sure Twitter and everybody will try to update anybody as, as quickly as you can. So on to Angels news, because we have Angels news even during a lockout. The minor league rule five draft happened and the Angels picked up a pitcher Surprise, surprise. Left-handed pitcher from the Tampa Bay Rays. His name is Kenny Rosenberg. We believe he's from either Central or Northern California. Um, was it Mill County? Was that what it was? Yes. Mil- yeah, I believe so. Mill County. I'm trying to remember, think of where that possibly is. I feel like Central California. It sounds like a Central California name. But went to Cal State Northridge, left-handed pitcher. Um, from what I saw, kind of reminds me a little bit of Packy Naughton. So don't hold me to that, guys. But anytime you can steal somebody from Tampa like this... Uh, even if he's not a top prospect, uh, absolutely go ahead and do that because Tampa, with what they are producing, it's uh, it's it's quite impressive. So I don't know if you have any other talking points on on Kenny Rosenberg, Nate, but Angels got him. Yes, they did. Um, no more talking points on Kenny. I mean, I know he's really excited to be back in uh, back in SoCal. I guess Northridge is L.A., but pretty close. Um, and I would assume he was probably wanting to be back in California. So that's cool. Interesting point. Not one angel was drafted in this. Um, 
you look at the teams who had guys drafted in the Rule 5 draft, and you'd be really, really shocked to know that it's a lot of Giants, a lot of um, a lot of Rays, a lot of Royals, a lot of Padres. So the teams with really good farm systems are getting guys taken from them, and the guys with, you know, maybe systems that they think are better than they actually are or, or systems that aren't that good, we're not getting guys taken. And I, I just thought that was kind of interesting that the Angels did not have one player taken in this draft. Yeah, super, super interesting for sure. I'm, um, I'm intrigued, you know, as to why nobody got got taken. And, and there are rules against it too. Like Orlando Martinez wasn't wasn't in it for this minor league draft part because he was in Double A, and and there are rules behind that, which a lot of people don't know. Um, but but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. You think a guy maybe like. Deshaun Knowles might get picked up in something like that, um, even though I think he's major league rule five eligible. Um, but but yeah, you know it's um, you bring up a very interesting point, and like I said, anytime you can steal somebody from one of those teams that is producing a lot of good young talent, absolutely go ahead and do that. That's a that's a big yes for me. So um, we still have fan mail, Nate. I I, I want to get to everybody. We have ooh, still quite a few questions. It's I'm like I said. I love fan mail. Anybody ever have questions, throw it our way. So first question comes from at watch lips. Nate, surprise, surprise. It's a a good question for you as always. I know we probably answered this before, but he asks, do you guys think we should turn our focus to the athletic starting pitchers for a possible trade? Seems like the Reds are going to ask for the moon for Castro. Maybe we won't have to give up Marsh or Adele. Assuming we're talking about Chris Bassett, or probably just Chris Bassett because I think Montas is a uh, has a lot more left on the years of eligibility or years before free agency left. So let's just say Chris Bassett for the time being. Absolutely, I think that's the that's the route to go. I think Oakland um, has shown a willingness to trade within the division, especially with the Angels. They've made a trade um, at least once in the past two years, so they're not afraid to to trade within the division. Um, I think the biggest thing that, you know, you mentioned Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's probably the guy you go get um, just from a health standpoint, from a um, kind of just being able to, to tell you what his numbers are going to be. Because Montes is, is high risk, high reward, in my opinion. Like, he could be really, really good. He throws really hard. He's got really good stuff. But is he going to be able to execute and throw a lot of strikes? I don't know. We've seen him at times where, you know, two years ago, I think he had one of the better ERAs in baseball. And then this last year, I think he was up in the four. So uh, can he avoid the home run ball and can he throw strikes? That's going to be the thing. With Bassett, you know he's going to be around the zone. He's going to throw strikes. Uh, but you're going to need a really good defense behind him. So shortstop, if you're going to go get Chris Bassett, you've got to solidify a shortstop. Uh, but I do think Oakland is the best trade partner for the Angels because, like we said, Oakland wants to get rid of money. They're not going to ask for the moon like the Reds are with Castillo. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the Oakland route. Yeah, um, I'll say this. They might not ask for the moon and the stars, but they'll definitely ask for the moon uh, when it comes down to it. And interesting point that you mentioned with uh, Frankie Montas, not throwing a lot of strikes, just not a, not a real Perry Manassian guy. So I would highly doubt we see Frankie Montas in an Angels uniform via trade. However, anything can happen, but it just seems like Perry likes those strike throwers. Um, and, and again, you know, that's just not what Frankie Montas is. You, you mentioned it. He's going to walk a lot of guys, but if he can find the strike zone or if Perry thinks that he can help him find the strike zone somehow, 
then I guess it makes sense. But again, for me, that just doesn't seem like a, a real Perry Manassian guy. So good question there from Watch Lips. Uh, next question comes from friend of the show, Andrew Rhodes. Uh, he wants to know top projections for pitchers and bottom projection for pitchers. So quick, let's just kind of, I know you think about this a lot. Um, give your ERA and inning count for for Noah Syndergaard, um, Shohei Otani, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, Jose Suarez, and Michael Lorenzen. You got all those guys? Yeah, that's that's a lot of guys to go through. You might have to remind me. Okay, uh, let's start with Noah Syndergaard. No, start with Syndergaard because I think I've kind of gone from top to bottom there. Yeah, I think Syndergaard's hot, like his best season he could have. He's going to throw about 155 innings. He'll have an ERA in the two eights, and he'll probably strike out about 180 guys. Uh, his, sure. his low point, though, would be 70, 60, 70 innings with an ERA above five. Can I just give a low point for all these guys a zero innings pitch, like they get hurt or something? Is that a fair? I, I don't think that's fair because, like, yes, that could that could happen, but I, I think you want a realistic like the odds on the guy getting hurt are, are what five percent. Well, it, it might be a little higher because it's the way the Angels work, but yeah, five percent. Like, it, just give us a number. Well, don't well don't put injuries on the Angels. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think you know the high point is 130 to 150 innings with a with a low three ERA on center guard. So. Um, Shohei Otani. This is a really tough one because um, I don't know how he's going to respond to the workload he had last year. I think a really good season for him. You're looking for very similar numbers to Syndergaard, in my opinion, like that 130, 150 range innings pitched and an ERA around two nine three. Um, and he'll strike out a bunch of guys, so he'll probably be in that 170 range as well. Um, the low side would be 100 innings, maybe 85 innings. And I, I see him, again, he could be in that four, mid to upper four range. Yeah, I don't think that Otani ever gets to that. You said 170? I said 150. Okay, I can see 150. I definitely can see that. Um, oh, you're right on with that one, and you don't even need to say it again. So, Patrick Sandoval. Um, I think high point, you're looking at 140 inning count. It's funny how all these guys are going to be right around that as a high count for them. Um, right around that 140 number. And he could have like a, a low three. I think if, if he builds off what he did to end last year, he could be a low three guy. You know, maybe a three to a three two. Um, obviously if he doesn't build off last year, he could throw like 50 innings and get moved either to the bullpen or get sent down, which that would not be good. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's a uh, 130 innings is his max at the moment. I don't, I can't picture him going any more than that. Um, uh, yeah. And, and again, you know, a bullpen stint would be the lowest for, Sandoval, um, just because I think he's I think he's the number three guy right now in this in this rotation. I, I really do. He's earned it. Um, and yeah, you, you bring up a good talking point with all this hundred and hundred like hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty, maybe one hundred and fifty innings pitched for the maximum for these guys. 
I, I mentioned it before in a previous podcast is that um, the Angels are building around this. They don't want guys that are going to be innings eaters, you know, that are going to give um, give you 180 to 200 innings, you know. That, that's not what the Angels are looking for. They're looking for those high upside guys who are going to give you 100, 100 to 150 innings out of the starting rotation, and, you know, you might have an injury or two with those guys, or, you know, he might be the Cy Young candidate. Um, perfect example, Alex Cobb. You know, like, he, we saw him be really good last year, but he also got hurt and didn't even throw 100 innings. So that's that's the route that the Angels are taking, and, and it's uh, it, you can very much so see that. So on to, let's go Michael Lorenzen next. Yeah, I think high point, you're looking at 120 innings. Um, a 3-5 ERA, 3-3-3-5. Low point, he gets moved to the bullpen, throws under 100 innings. Um, As a starter, has an ERA north of four in the mid to upper fours. As a reliever, you know, hopefully his ERA gets into the low twos. I think the high side is also being a reliever, but a good relief, really good reliever. Like I think he could be a really good seventh inning guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like that Scott Shields type of thing. As weird as that sounds, like that's I could see him being like Scott Shields. I mean, possibly one of the best relievers in baseball, like Shields. But that's just kind of I feel like what he reminds me of. And then the low point on Michael Lorenzen is if he's you know in the rotation the entire year. I think that's that's kind of the low point. Um, as weird as that sounds, like does that does that sound weird to you that that's the low point if he's in the rotation all year? Absolutely, because I think that the Angels are going to get a little bit more depth, and yeah. if he is in the rotation the entire year, that means he had a really good year it, or a good enough year. Yeah, no, so, I mean that's a good thing though. If he had a good enough year, that he's in there, but that also means that the Angels didn't go get a starting pitcher either. Because I think Lorenzen, I think everybody thinks Lorenzen's a reliever. I would love. To, I want to give him a chance as a starter. I really do because I think that there's something there. But I, I think his high points as a reliever and his low points as a starter. I, I don't. I, I just think that's really weird <laughs> that I that we would say that. But that's kind of where I'm at. So um, let's just. What What do you got? Canning and Suarez, I think, are very similar. Um, they're going to be that upper three, low four ERA guy. They both are going to throw about 110 innings. Maybe 120. Um, the the worst case scenario on both those guys, though, is they throw about 50 innings and they get sent down again because um, they can't throw strikes and they have an ERA north of five into the sixes. That's my biggest worry with both those guys is are they going to be able to throw strikes? And I think Suarez is one of those guys that every start he goes out there, it's like, okay, which one are we getting today? Are we getting the guy who knows where the ball's going, or are we getting the guy who uh, doesn't know where home plate is? So I think that's going to be a, a scary scary guy. But, I mean, he threw the ball well. I think my for him, personally, I think he is best in the bullpen, but that's just me. I'm, uh, I need Griffin Cannon. I actually had a conversation with somebody else today. I need Griffin Cannon to have a slower pitch. As weird as that sounds, because he's got three fastballs and a curveball, a power curveball. Uh, We've talked about this for I don't know how many years. I mean, you can say, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, he's got three fastballs and a slider. You know, like not even a power curveball. It's three fastballs and a slider. He has a fastball that cuts, which uh, is his slider. He has a fastball that is straight, which is his fastball, and he has a fastball that runs, which is his two seam or his sinker. Um, and then he throws the 
the power curveball now, which, I mean, you can consider that a slider. So I'm with you on, on, on that as well. I mean, again, something we've been talking about for years with canning and, and something that the name unspoken on this on this podcast would have, I think, really helped him out with a lot is finding himself on that. What? I said 100%. Oh, oh no, yeah. I, I didn't. You kind of cut out, so I didn't know what you said, but... But yeah, you know, um, let's get on to our next question here. It comes from another friend of the show, Jacob Cisneros. Uh, always talking with him all, um, on Twitter all the time. He he asked us about Andrew Velasquez and what our thoughts are about him at shortstop. I'll say this now: if he's starting at shortstop, Angels on our postseason team. Um, if he's your utility guy, he's a pretty nice utility guy. But they, then again, there's also a reason why the Yankees DFA'd him. The same can be said about Tyler Wade. And uh, I mean anybody that gets DFA'd, right? I mean they're gonna. There's a reason why these guys are getting DFA'd, unless they find something. But, but yeah, that's my thoughts at shortstop with him. I think, uh, I think the Angels need to go get a shortstop. And I think you're in agreement. I think uh, our previous guest Taylor Blake Ward said it too. They need to go get a shortstop. So I, I did I hit that one on the nose, Nate? Yeah, except Tyler Wade was uh, non-tendered because they didn't want to pay him. So that's the only thing that I think is a little different than Velasquez because he actually got DFA'd. Um, I don't think that there is a shortstop on the roster that if you said he's the starting guy opening day that you would say the Angels are a playoff team on paper. Uh, I just don't believe it. Oh, I, absolutely. 100%. I'm, I'm with you on that. There's The Angels need a shortstop to be a playoff team, I think, at the end of the day. I think that's where it's going to kind of lie. So good question there from Jacob. Uh, I know he listens to the show all the time. I appreciate it, Jacob, and we'll have to get you on the show here real soon. Next question comes from Jed Jacobson. He has a couple questions here, so I'm going to try to break this down for us. What is the plan for the middle infield? Wow, we just talked about this. I don't I don't read these questions before, clearly. Um, is, it, is it unlikely we are in on Story or Correa, or is it that is that an option still? We just talked about this, right? I think they yeah. got. I think they have to be in on those guys. I, I really, really do. Um, whether you want them to be in on Correa or not, uh, I know we got some. We got some slack from a couple people about uh, wanting Correa, but I mean, he's going to help out your team. You know, at, at some point, you got to think about winning and not about you know the the past in a sense. And I know that Correa is linked to that and such like that. But I'm okay with story too. I just don't think that the Angels are a playoff team when it comes to. You know what we just had. I mean, we just said it, right? Like it just—it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Next question here um, from Jed again. Uh, rank possible top five trade targets. Um, so he mentioned Castillo, Manaya, Bassett, Marquez, Gray, and Means. We'll stick with those guys. Rank those guys in order that you would like. Well, you know, my number one is obviously Marquez. I think that's going to be the number one guy for me. Until he gets moved. Uh, number two would be Bassett. Number three would be Means. Number four would be Manaya, And number five would be Castillo. Castillo is a really good pitcher. I just don't want to give what the Reds are asking for. I think the Rockies would be looking for an outfielder. So, yes, we might have to give up Adele or Marsh. But I think Marquez has got a, he's got a long-term contract. Well, not long-term, I think it's three years, but he's already under contract, and we know how much he's going to make. Castillo, uh, not as much years left, and you don't know what he's going to make because of arbitration and things like that. So um, that's why Marquez is up there for me. Um, 
Bassett is number two because I think he's going to be the cheapest of the five that you just mentioned. Three was Means over Mania. It's pretty close. They're both very talented pitchers. I think Means stays healthy a little bit more than Mania. That's the biggest concern with me with Mania is health. Yeah, I'm I'm close to you. I'll throw in a uh, an alternative here though. My number one's anybody from the Marlins because I think you can go there and and kind of work a deal with Miami. Uh, and we saw it almost happen that trade deadline. And it's something that I'm not hor- wouldn't be horribly upset with. So nine number one is anybody from Miami. I think that that is just huge upside. Number two is Marquez, hundred percent. Three is John Means, just because he's not going to cost as much, and we've seen the upside of John Means. And again, getting anybody out of Baltimore is a very good thing at the moment. Same thing with Marquez in Colorado. Getting anybody out of Colorado is a good thing. Um, number four is Castillo. Uh, even with what the price you're going to have to pay, he is a he becomes a top five pitcher in in the AL if he comes to the AL. So I'm you know not upset with that. And then you know anybody is number five on this list. I think they're all very similar when it's all said and done. I think like you said though, Bassett's not going to cost very much, so you got to kind of lean that way. Um, good question there. Next question from Jed. What kind of package would it take to get one of these pitchers? Oh, man. That is um, – that's up – I'll answer this one. It's it's up to the team at the end of the day. I think, um, like we said, Bassett's going to be the cheapest, and that's going to cost you uh, two top – three top ten guys and maybe a, maybe another piece down at the end of uh, the top 50 list. Um, I, I don't think it's three top guys. I mean, he's got one year left of team control. The A's – have said multiple times they want to get in that $20 million range, which is absolutely ridiculous that a team would even say that. And arbitration is projecting him for about 10 to $11 million. So it's going to cost a little bit. I don't think it's going to be as much as people think. I know Oakland has, you know, everyone's like they don't have to trade anyone, but they do. Like they are so worried about spending money because they want to go spend it on a new stadium that they are going to get this team to the bare minimum so that way when they move into the new stadium they can spend close to a hundred million dollars so i think bassett's going to be maybe one of their top five prospects and then two of their top 30 prospects you're in the right range there. i was going to say two top 10 prospects I think that's about what your point is. And then, I mean, you want to go to the most expensive guy. I think that's going to be Luis Castillo. Um, we mentioned it before. The Reds are asking for the moon and the stars for him. Um, and uh, it's it would cost, it would cost you. Uh, one of those outfielders uh, that's at the major league level, not named Mike Trout. Or Justin Upton, uh, one of those young guys. <laughs> don't need to don't need to say either one, who who it would be, but one of those guys. And then you know probably another piece or two, yeah, definitely another piece or two. It's one of the one of the outfielders, one of the pitchers, and then one of the shortstops. And maybe a little bit more. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think that I think it costs that much. I really do. So last question here from well, it's kind of a continuous question, but he asks canning in a in a prospect, Marsh plus a prospect, is that a fair cost? I'm going to say no. I think we just kind of went over it. Um, again, I think I just got to read these questions a little bit better. <laughs> I think I think canning in a prospect might work for Oakland. Yes, I'm in full I, I agreement with you. I think it might work for Oakland where you could work something where it's canning and maybe, um, maybe, a, maybe a Jackson, maybe, maybe someone a little bit uh, lower on the prospect list. 
I, I think that canning and a prospect gets it done for Bassett because of what I was talking about with Volkan wanting to get really, really low in payroll. Yeah, so that's all we're going to do tonight for fan mail. I got two more questions, and I'll, I'll actually end it on a fan mail question for us, and we can just kind of say one word or one name for it. Um, Irving, who listens to the show, and good fan on Twitter. How you doing, Irving? He wants to know who we think is going to be the opening day starting pitcher. Noah Syndergaard. I'll say Artie Moreno makes Shohei Otani. I don't know why. I just think that, that that makes a lot of sense. So, guys, thanks so much for listening here to this podcast here, Talking Halos, and making us the best podcast out there. Subscribe wherever you're listening to it. Leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Of course, unless it says Jared's a bad host. I already know I'm a bad host, guys. I already know. But if you want to come on and try to host, come on. Come on, try, guys. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Like I said again, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate at NateGreen34. Guys, thanks so much and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.